You're listening to Partnernomics Podcast, where we discuss the art and science of developing successful strategic partnerships. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics solutions, visit Partnernomics.com. Welcome back to another episode of Partnernomics Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Brigman. And on today's show, we have Morgan McCabe on here with us. Morgan is a director of partnerships at HubSpot, an awesome company that we've been using for many, many years here at, uh, at Partnernomics since we got our inception. But uh, how are you doing? Morgan, it's awesome to, to reconnect with you. So I want to ask you again, what, what time is it where you are? <laughs> yeah, so I'm based in Belgium. Um, <laughs> it's uh, 8.15 in the evening, but uh, yeah, working for an American company, I'm used to these hours. Uh, I start a little later so that I can, uh, yeah, be, be um, yeah, alive <laughs> yeah, these late exactly. night calls. <laughs> exactly. Well, your English sounds pretty good to, to be chilling out in Belgium. What's what's the story behind it? <laughs> yeah, uh, I love when people say you have a, a, a perfect English accent. <laughs> <laughs> There's a actually, reason. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, I was born in, um, in New York City and uh, I, I worked um, for a Belgian company for about three years and I was going back and forth and that's how the whole Belgium thing happened. But um, so how do you do that? How do you, I mean, it's, it's usually the opposite. They're usually right. like in the U S you know, when we're hiring folks that are outside of the U S to help us get into new markets, but you were in the U S but working for a Belgium company. How, how did that yeah. happen? Yeah. Um, it's, it's something that I always wanted to do. I always wanted to work for international companies. Um, I had studied abroad and my dad is from England. So I had this British passport that I said, yeah, I've got to use at some point in my life. Um, so that had always been something I was interested in. Um, so I'd worked for um, some international companies in the US. And then, yeah, when this opportunity came along to work for, for a Belgian company and help them with their actually like partnerships and, and uh, developing the US market, that was something I definitely jumped on. Uh, that was not software though. Um, there was different kinds of, of partnerships uh, for that. And then, um, yeah, going back and forth, I decided I, I rather work in Belgium and there were people in Belgium, startups that were looking for an American to help run their uh, expansion into the American market. So that really worked out perfect because my Flemish or Dutch uh, is actually not perfect. So <laughs> it was great to, to find a, a company that really wanted a, a native English speaker. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit the history. But, yeah, the partnerships was always something that I... I loved and and wanted to make sure that I could could do. Um, and yeah, well, it seems like the bulk of your career has been in partnering and and doing partnerships. Talk to us a little bit about kind of more specifically, uh, you know, what you've done throughout your career and yeah, with, obviously um, you love partnerships. Yeah, with the the company PySync, um, which was acquired uh, by HubSpot. Um, it was 100% partnerships. You know, we were not the standalone tool that people could use. Like we were an iPass basically. So our entire world revolved around partnerships. Um, and the the key was to make sure we set up a program that was scalable, that was um, really a win-win. Um, we were the, the smaller fish in the pond, a lot of cases. Um, and we, we had to um, basically, literally our lifeblood was partnership. So 
I wanted to to work with the rest of the team to see how we could yeah, get a system in place where we could actually launch an integration and or new partnership basically every week. So every Wednesday, we got to the point where every Wednesday we were launching a new integration and with that, uh, a potential new partnership. Um, so that was uh, what we were doing for about three years. And now at HubSpot, um, we are we are doing um, quite the same, um, continuing to, to build these kind of uh, integrations and syncs um, and partnerships and work on the strategy to continue um, that effort. But now it's it's going from being the small fish to the big fish. So the whole dynamic is a bit different um, or as a sumo as some <laughs> people talk about. Um, so that's been great. I've, well, Morgan, really talk to us about that. That's, that's kind of, that's an interesting point, interesting topic. And depending on which side we're on, whether we're the, the sumo or the, the smaller scrappy company, we're trying to figure out how is it similar? How is it different? What do we need to do in order to partner with organizations that are of different size than us? Are there any particular insights or maybe examples or recommendations that you have for doing that since you've been on both sides of the fence? Yeah, to be honest, I, I find that, um, you know, partnerships really are about, you know, obviously creating this competitive advantage, but also about making sure that you're really adding a lot of value. So um, to be honest, a small company that's partnering with a larger company can add different kinds of value, I find. Um, like you said, they're fast, they're, they're nimble. Um, they normally can, you know, make sure that anytime something is asked of them, they, they do it and they do it um, really in a way that I think, you know, can, can add a lot of value to, especially when it comes to like enablement. Uh, this is something that I always said is super important because a lot of times partnerships are, you know, between these two partner managers or between these two marketing teams. And yeah, it's great if they decide that it's a, it's a good fit and they go forward, but yeah, that's just the beginning. Like the whole rest of, of the company needs to make sure they even know that this partnership exists, especially if it's a integration partnership. And yeah, there's definitely some people in the company that know nothing about integrations or that's not even on their radar or they just say, Oh, go to the marketplace. And yeah there are one, you're one of, you know, thousands of integrations. Um, so I think it's really important to, to make sure that enablement piece is really clear to, to everyone involved and you have a plan for that uh, from the start. We're going to, I'd love to go back to a comment that you made a couple of minutes ago. And that is, you know, the, the previous company that you were with, um, you guys were really partnership first, absolutely dependent on partnerships uh, in order to grow. And it seems that most companies start off with more of this direct approach with direct sales to generate revenue, those sorts of things. And then as the company continues to evolve, continues to grow, then it stands up a partnering team at some point down the road. I'd love to just kind of hear a comparison contrast. What's it like to be at an organization really from day one, it's partnering first as a mentality, as a culture, as opposed to other companies 
that are maybe direct sales and, and just direct first, right? Kind of this organic, we're going to go it alone, this very independent approach. What's, what's kind of the difference between those? Maybe what's some insights that you could share? Yeah, of course, with direct, you have a lot more potential control um, because these people are working for you. Um, whereas with partnering, you know, you have to really make sure that they see the value and that they, um, yeah, are motivated to to do this. Um, and to be honest, um, you know, there's going to be different pieces of the organization that you need to um, yeah, educate and make sure that they're, they're aware of this partnership. So the, the having it as a, as the beginning versus like the second thought, um, I think it makes a lot of sense, um, for especially small organizations to, to think about it this way, because, you know, a lot of times when you're scaling, like resources are limited and you really have to think outside the box. You have to think about, you know, um, how can we couple? Um, I always think of like partnerships, like the best partnerships are like natural coupling, you know, like you can, you know, piggyback off of uh, go to markets, you can piggyback off of uh, events, you can, yeah, you can do so many really, if you think about it from a, a creative way, um, and you partner with the, the right uh, te teams and people, you can get so much more done uh, so much faster um, because, yeah, it's you're not having to hire and scale all these people. A lot of times, if you have these partnerships um, with great, great companies, they're already hosting these huge events or they're already doing these amazing go-to-markets um, strategies. They have all this stuff already in place and it's a matter of you, you know, making sure that you can add content or, you know, do something, you know, creative, like saying, oh, let's, um, you know, host the the breakfast or something and make sure there's, you know, um, your name everywhere or, you know, little fun things like that, um, that are just maybe sometimes these big companies don't even think about. That was something that was, was kind of interesting. Like we didn't, sometimes you know sponsor a huge event or have a booth but we said like oh can we bring belgian chocolates and <laughs> you know do something like that you know there's always something that you can if you get creative and and think about that you can do um that can add a lot of value to these big companies being a small company um, yeah it seems like you know say five years ago or so we were hearing about companies being mobile first you know just coming with platforms or coming with different applications different technologies where it was truly built for the mobile first and then you know maybe like you know pc as a secondary and you know we're, we're i think we're seeing the same thing now in partnering where to your point with your you know previous uh, company where it's it's partnering first and then if we're going to do a direct, it's, it's direct as a secondary to that. And it's been really interesting seeing companies like that because when we talk about partnering being a culture, and I think having a culture that is very independent, us versus the world, as opposed to a, a company that's very comfortable with interdependence and reliance on other companies, aka partners. Um, that's, that's a difference and it's a cultural difference. And I've really seen companies struggle that have been 
independent, right? They just direct for many years, if not decades and decades. And then they try to do this partnering thing. <laughs> and it's a cultural difference. And I don't, I don't know if you've experienced that at any one of, of your companies, but just getting people, I mean, executives all the way down, other departments, other organizations, getting them kind of knowledgeable and comfortable with what we're doing, this new strategy, this new partnership. Yes, you're, you're, you need to help us work with them, provide them with information to enable them, those sorts of things that you were talking about. Have you ran across that? Yeah, I think it's also interesting, like there used to be these, you know, just, you know, there were just solutions partners, and now there's integrations partners, and now there's even, you know, the whole iPass world and partners building, and then there's partners that are hybrid, I call partner, you know, that are doing both, they're like offering services and technology, and it's, it's interesting, we would come across some of these partners, and they had this you know, model that was totally outdated and they would try to like squeeze you into that model. And a lot of times we, we didn't fit uh, that model or they would insist on rev share. And, you know, that was not something that made sense or there would, they would have these huge, long, you know, legal documents that you had to, to, you know, sign up for or negotiate or or they had for example you know a pay-to-play model i mean there's so many different um ways to to set it up and it's really yeah it's it's interesting to see those uh companies that you know say oh we understand and value partnerships and we know that what we're good at so we want our partners to fill in all those gaps um, and we want to have the best customer experience and I think that's something that yeah really you know HubSpot was a partner of ours before they became my employer and it was it was really great to see how you know they actually they said customers are a priority and then they actually made sure that they were offering you know a very customer first customer centric um, experience when it came to like the ecosystem and partnerships and you know not having that pay-to-play you know model or not having you know the the set uh, almost box that you had to fit in, you know, they really were, were good at that. So that was something that was really exciting um, to now, to now be on that team and help even make it more uh, customer centric, because I think that's the main thing is if you have a good partnership model, then the first person you're thinking about is actually your customer. It's not necessarily your, your partners, right? It's okay. How is my partner going to help this customer and we can't do everything so um and we may do certain things and there's even those you know competitors that are partners and yeah but you know that's that's still helpful because not everybody is going to use every product you have and even if you offer a suite and more and more you know SaaS uh, products are offering the suite of products but they're also offering a fully dynamic competitive ecosystem so that customers can pick and choose best in class and design their own um, software stack which I think is is the best way to do it you know to have that idea 
I mean, customers need to have the solution that fits them the best, right? And I think that as, as we continue to go deeper and deeper into this 21st century, all the new uh, technologies that are out there, all of the APIs, and hopefully, you know, this increased interoperability where people have more choice and truly be able to almost surgically put together the components and the pieces that they need for their solution. I think that makes a ton of sense. Morgan, I'd love for you to just talk specifically about your role. I mean, what specifically is your role at uh, HubSpot and what kind of work are you doing there? Yeah, you mentioned APIs and that's something that's also something I've seen where over the years, it's really shifted from this kind of closed, you have to buy access to the API to really having a, a truly open API, developer-friendly uh, community, uh, a partnership model that you can easily sign up for. Um, so I think that's also very interesting. At, at HubSpot, um, I'm responsible for the operations hub uh, data syncs. So what does that mean? That means all the partners that we have in our uh, data sync um, collection are partners that we actually do the build. So we're building the integration. Um, and that's a bit, you know, different than uh, the rest of the ecosystem where the rest of the HubSpot ecosystem, the partners are building uh, the integration to HubSpot. Um, so what I make sure that um, the, the partners that I am responsible for, they obviously know about Operations Hub, they know about the data sync, they know how it works. Um, they uh, will potentially become also like a hybrid app where they build onto this um, integration to make it even more robust. Um, we're seeing that more and more. Um, there are, there are several partners that are data sync partners that also have uh, integration themselves that they've built. So um, we do similar um, go-to-market strategies. We do similar enablements. We um, make sure that we try to do similar marketing um, and yeah, just continue to, to build out that data sync. Another main thing that we're focused on for, for the 2022 coming up is local applications. So thinking, you know, being in Belgium, there are several, there are several tools that are, you know, specific um, to our market. There are, you know, tools that are specific to the German market, to the Japanese market, you know, that's something that, yeah, is great working for an international company. You know, we have to make sure that, you know, that those markets that have specific apps for those markets, for example, accounting applications that are only really relevant to, to those markets, um, they're not forgotten. You know, they're also um, um, able to sync the data and are supported. So that's really exciting because um, I think that's going to just open up uh, a huge opportunity for all those those growth markets and then making sure all our applications that we already have on our marketplace are also localized so you know a lot of times people want to read <laughs> on a knowledge base article or see a video or you know in French or in German or in Spanish I mean they realize uh, a lot of those SaaS tools are in English but that doesn't mean that you can't try to um, help uh, make it an easier, again, customer experience. Morgan, you mentioned uh, 
ecosystems a couple different times. I know HubSpot's doing a lot of work uh, in the marketplace and just lots of different partnerships that, that you guys have going. Do you mind I mean, if somebody is not real familiar with the awesome work that your team is doing from a global perspective, from a big HubSpot perspective of bringing in more and more tools, uh, would you mind kind of painting that picture of what, I mean, what does ecosystem mean to HubSpot? And then how do you see HubSpot continuing to, to build out its partnerships to, to give customers you know, better and better solutions? Yeah, I mean, it, it really boils down to choice, right? So like we mentioned earlier is is having that that choice. And, you know, if, you, if a customer has been using a certain software for years, they want to, you know, potentially use HubSpot alongside that software. Yeah, they want to be able to focus on using those software and getting the best return on investment of those softwares, um, no matter what is in their their um I call it software stack, right? Um, so a lot of times this is not so easy. <laughs> like everyone says, oh, we have an open API or, oh, we have a, a marketplace. Um, a lot of times you have to pay for those integrations. You have to pay for developers. You have to pay to maintain it. So that's something that HubSpot has really um, tried to, to make sure that they have a, a large array of integrations, that those integrations um, are not an extra cost uh, for the customer. Um, they make sure that, yeah, like I just said, it's not only for the uh, American market, it's for all the different uh, global markets where HubSpot is. Um, so yeah, an ecosystem is really um, like the Apple marketplace or, or any other marketplace that uh, you may be familiar with where you can easily just, you know, click and integrate and have it running um, seamlessly. You don't need a, um, yeah, a developer degree or something like this to set it up, or you don't need, you know, a huge new budget to, to make sure it continues to run. I've heard a lot of stories of people who have tried to build things from scratch and then, yeah, come back to HubSpot and said, oh, I just love being able to, you know, have a, a couple clicks or, you know, maybe they have to work with a solutions partner to help with the setup. Um, but a lot of times that's more of like helping understand how they're going to use these workflows or how they're going to set up a process versus actually having to do any coding, right? Um, so that's the idea is to let people focus on their work. Like all this software is supposed to help them. Exactly. Do their job, Technology is supposed to make things easier, right? That's yeah, the idea. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Morgan, so you've been doing this partnering thing for a while. What, what have you seen over the course of your career in partnerships and, and the prevalence of partnerships and companies being able to use, uh, you know, utilize leverage partnerships to help them grow and to provide more value to end user customers like we talked about. And then where do you see it uh, going? What's, what's the trajectory over say the next five to 10 years? Yeah, I think one of the, the big things um, I've seen is the fact that these marketplaces are like actually searchable and easy to use. Um, also, there are there are quite a few partners that allow the marketplace to 
you know, be um, totally run by the partner. So you can even, you know, add all the content, you can update the content, you, you're, you know, you're hitting approve and you're waiting, you know, maybe one day and then it's good. I think that is the best and most scalable way um, to have these uh, marketplaces and ecosystems. There are still partners that make you jump through a bunch of hoops and they don't allow you to control anything and it's really clunky and difficult. So um, I think it's, you know, the future is that, right? Is having these, these, these systems in place where it's easy for partners to become a partner, um, that it's clear all the different types of partnerships that they can sign up for. Um, because yeah, partnerships is such a big word, right? Like there's so many different kinds and forms. Uh, and um, yeah, you have to have it easy. Um, for the partner and then make sure it's easy for the customer to compare you know if you want to go shop for if you you know you may already have your stack and you just want to integrate it or you may just have a piece of it and you're not sure you know and i see that also happening more and more like people will will buy because of the ecosystem <laughs> versus already having these pieces in place and then uh, just needing to to integrate them. So there's really like these two separate types of 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 customers, and there's two separate types of partners and ecosystems and marketplaces. And yeah, whoever does that the best is going to scale the best and is going to add the most value and is going to be the most successful. So I definitely think you have to keep that in mind, right? And and continue to make sure that the the partner journey the developer journey that is as seamless as possible and then on the other end the marketplace is as easy to use and yeah being able to compare and contrast be able to double click in being able to see videos because no one reads anymore <laughs> that's that's a fact <laughs> that's, that's so true uh yeah i love that could not agree more I want to ask uh, Morgan, what's what's an example of some successful partnerships that you've put together over the course of your career? Besides PySync and HubSpot? Besides, <laughs> besides that one. Being, being, being acquired, that's like the ultimate partnership, right? That's what, what you get. It is, right? And that's when you know you've got it right. We're talking about crawl, walk, run. That's the perfect way to do it, right? You get this partnership, get this relationship going prove out the value what a better compliment that you know that there is in business than to have a partner want to purchase you actually it happened to my college roommate so i think that's the the ultimate piece of success let me switch it up and ask you a different question roadblocks what are some of the biggest roadblocks that you see in partnerships uh what are some hindrances that we have i guess you kind of alluded to to one uh or at least one topic and that is it's finally, it's time for partnering to be a science. You know, it's, it's, there's some companies are better at doing this dance than others. Frankly, most companies are not good at doing the dance. I think it's just a maturity thing, just kind of this maturation. Uh, but I think it is, it's finally time for companies to understand that partnering is a, a repeatable, predictable process, or it can be. 
uh, by and large, and it could be much, much more efficient than what we, we make it today. And to your point, and just like the tools that HubSpot is using and, and connecting with, uh, there's, you know, the, the tech stack is just going crazy in this space. Uh, you know, adding new capabilities, new functionality, new data management, information management tools to make that happen. But what are some of the roadblocks that you see just in deals that you put together or just that you see across uh, the industry? Um, I would say there was definitely a point where we were really trying to um, make the customer journey even more seamless, even less clicks, like even saying, don't go to the marketplace, like make it in app, you know, make this experience where you can be, you know, in the tool and you can click on integrations and yeah, there you can see everything that's running. You can see, you know, even like um, suggestions, uh, you know, basically just make this um, whole customer experience even easier payments even, you know, having the ability to have one, you know, if you have 20 tools and you have 20 invoices, that's also gets pretty, um, yeah. Yeah, I think HubSpot, right? so. again, being a client for seven years or almost seven years, I mean, I, I think you guys have done a phenomenal job at offering a lot of different integrations to do that, right? To make it easier for your clients to, to run their business and to take this manual stuff out. That technology is supposed to help us, to help us uh, you know, do this stuff better. And, and HubSpot's done a phenomenal job so far. Well, Morgan, I don't want to take up all your day or actually all of your nights. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> probably time for you to go to bed before too long, but Thank you so much for taking time out to chat with us. Let us know what you've got uh, going on there at HubSpot. And it'll be fun to, to watch you guys continue to build out the marketplace and all the other partnerships that you're working on. So keep up the good work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Partnernomics podcast is brought to you by Partnernomics. Learn how to leverage the power of partnership. To listen to more episodes of Partnernomics podcast, visit partnernomics.com.